are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Dive into part three. I want want us to look at this scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. Then I'm gonna pose a few questions to you and then we're gonna hear this week's song. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, somebody say rather. rather. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I got some questions for you today um, concerning this scripture. First question is this. What do you do when you have a promise from God, but you don't see the provision of that promise? What do you do when you have prayed and prayed and prayed but you still got the problems. They didn't go away. What do you do when all hope for your situation has vanished? What do you do when God seems so far away, so far away that he's not even hearing my prayers? Here's what we do. We don't stop believing.
Come on, give it up one more time for the Fuel Band. Someone say, well, I never heard that in church. Welcome to Fuel Church, where anything's possible. Come on, somebody. Well, I want to talk to you today about believing, because believing is so important to us as Jesus followers. Believing has everything to do with why we're here today, has everything to do on why I come to you every week and I speak God's word and I talk to you about the principles found in God's word. And we find throughout the Bible these words, if you believe, if you believe. We find those words recorded throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelations. And we see that we are told if we only believe, then God will fulfill his promises. You see, it starts with believing. There is an incredible power in belief. There's incredible power in belief. And throughout the Bible, there are countless stories found in God's word of people who stepped out of their comfort zones. And with each one, the fact that they didn't stop believing brought blessings they never imagined. Brought blessings they never imagined. I mean, think of Abraham. Abraham trusted God for a child when he was promised and despite his, him and his wife's advanced age, because he didn't stop believing, they ended up with a little baby in their arms named Isaac, the promised child. Peter's faith caused him to step out of the boat at Jesus' invitation. This resulted in Peter's human feet miraculously walking on water. Jesus told a crippled man, whose muscles were weak and lifeless, to get up and walk. The man believed, and as he did, his legs began to move, and he walked for the very first time. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, look at Joshua, who must have felt ridiculous circling the walls of Jericho seven times, but eventually the walls came crumbling down, all because he didn't stop believing. Hit your neighbor and say, don't stop believing. We look at Joseph. Joseph spent more than 10 years in a dark dungeon. But it was his unwavering faith which eventually landed him on a throne. He believed God had a plan even through the pit, the prison, and the persecution he faced. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And he had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything. So much so that Jesus told Zacchaeus, your whole family will be saved. And Zacchaeus goes from unchurched, unsaved, living for himself, to the next moment receiving Jesus and believing that his whole household would come to Christ. Powerful, powerful sense of belief. I mean, we look at Hebrews chapter 11. I encourage you to read it on your own time. We're going to be going to several verses in that chapter. But it's known as the Heroes Hall of Faith. It's like the Hall of Fame. You ever been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, Basketball, Football? It's like the Hall of Fame for individuals in the Bible who did great things by faith. They weren't perfect people. They weren't many of them that I just listed there. And those stories were in that Heroes Hall of Fame along with other people like Sarah, she was listed in there. Rahab the harlot, 
was listed in there. Imagine that Rahab the harlot listed under God's hall of fame. Amazing what God will use when we bring our broken pieces to him. Amazing how he'll put our life back together if we just give him the pieces. Gideon is listed in there. And the list goes on and on, not with perfect people, but people who simply believed. Because believing is faith. Believing is faith. And I want to talk to you about that just for a few moments to lay a foundation of what faith is. And I believe this will encourage us all all here, whether you've been serving Christ for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or whether you just came here for the first time. I believe this is a good foundation for you. The Bible says that there is only one way to please God, and that's by faith. It's by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The only way to get God's approval is by faith in Jesus Christ, believing that your sins were nailed to a rugged cross, that you do not have to pay the penalty, but you can walk in the freedom that Christ gave you. That is the only way to salvation. It's not by works. It's not by your perfect church attendance. It's not by you serving. Although those works are good and important, they do not equal salvation. Okay? And so we got a lot of people in the church world, and maybe you came from a church like that, that are saying, hey, man, salvation is by works. You have to do this. You have to do that. And if you're not here, if you're not there every Sunday, if you miss a Sunday, look out. Your salvation's in danger. Can I tell you that your salvation is secure because of the blood of the cross that still speaks on your behalf, that you can obtain mercy and grace in your time of need, that the blood continually speaks on your behalf no matter where you go or what you do. Now, religious people don't like to hear that because they want want you to work for their salvation. Work for it. You got to do this. You got to do that. Now, there are works that accompany the believer. Amen. And that's a different story for a different time. And I don't have time to get into all that. And we see that it's impossible to please God without faith. It goes on to say anyone who comes to God must believe that he, God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you know that God wants to reward your life? Do you know that he wants good things for you? Do you know he wants you to live in good houses? Come on now. Do you know he don't want you poor no more? Come on now. He doesn't want you living in a poverty mentality. Maybe you were raised that way. He wants to bring you out of that. Why? Because he's your heavenly father and he has good gifts for his children. Hmm? I would dare to say that faith is pretty important to our lives. It's pretty much the bedrock, the foundation of why we're here today. And it's vital for us to learn how to live by faith and to keep believing because it's in believing that our faith grows. Did you hear that? It's in believing that our faith grows. What is faith? I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Confident assurance that what we're believing for, what we're trusting for is going to happen. We may not be able to see it with the eye, the naked eye, but we can see it with our spiritual eyes. Don't forget the naked eye tends to lie. You got to look at the eyes of the spirit. Faith is about things we do not see. We did not see Jesus nail our sins to a cross, but by faith we believed it. So we invited him into our lives. 
You and I were not there at the foot of the cross, physically speaking. We did not see it happen, but we put our faith in a God we cannot see. We put our trust that he bore the penalty, that he paid the debt that was owed to you and I upon that cross, and we believe that we can get heaven and we can miss a Christless eternity when we put our faith in him. We do not see the Holy Spirit that lives within us, but we hear his promptings. We feel his promptings moving within our hearts. Most of us, I don't think we've ever seen heaven, but we believe it's a place that one day we will go. One day we will spend eternity at. Heaven is real. We don't see our spirit, man, but we believe we have a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. So everything that we do as Christ followers has to do with faith. But the devil would love for you and I to stop believing. He would love for us to stop. He would love for us to throw into the towel. Say, man, this God thing, this church thing, it really doesn't work. I tried it for about six months. Come on. Someone said, I tried it for about seven days. It don't work. (laughs) We're not trying anything. We're walking by faith and not by sight. So everything in this relationship with God starts with faith and it continues in faith. And that's what he, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Just because you woke up this morning and didn't feel saved doesn't mean you're not saved. Just because you woke up and didn't feel righteous doesn't mean you're not righteous. Now, it's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can't do enough to be right with God. All we have to do is receive him by faith. Someone say the preacher's preaching. I'm going to do it. Thank you. Faith is like a telescope. It allows us to see things we can't see. It gives our naked eye assistance, doesn't it? And as we journey on this faith, it's called the walk of faith, it, it, we, we, we take steps each and every day. We take a step. Someone say steps. It, 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 it's not a sprint. It, it, it's more like a marathon. And we take steps and we take steps. And it, 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 it's, it, it's one day at a time. It's, it, it's, it's one confession at a time. And, and though we may not feel like we're in right standing with God, we have to know by faith that as we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved, the Bible says. As we ask him to forgive us of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So by faith, we receive forgiveness. Amen. For it is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. Not the madness of God, not the badness of God. It is the goodness of God. And by faith, we can walk down the path of repentance. Hmm. Romans 1.17 says this. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? By faith, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You and I didn't know how to make ourselves right with God. Hmm? They tried in the Old Testament with the law. 
and they couldn't make themselves right with God. And they were working and working and working and working and bringing sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And it was laboring and it was laboring and it was laboring. Jesus came in and said, hey, I'm going to fulfill the law right here. I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. And I'm going to take care of all 800 plus laws that you guys are trying to keep that you can't keep. You never could keep them and you never will be able to. But I'll take the penalty. I'll pay the price for all those laws upon the cross. All you now have to do is have faith in me. So the gospel is called good news. The gospel is the fact that our wrongs were made right because Jesus became our wrongs. That's good news to me. The good news that our wrongs became right because Jesus became our wrongs. He found us in the gutter of our lives and picked us up and made us righteous. Now, by grace, we are saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for we are saved by his grace when we believe. When we believe. You came to a point in your life or you're going to come to a point in your life where you realize you need a savior for your sins. Sins had to be paid for. Sins had to be paid for. Jesus went to a cross to pay for you, your sins, and my sins. You're going to come to a point in your life where you realize, hey, man, I, I, he already, he did it? Is that what you're, t- yeah, he did it. He did everything that you're ever going to need in life. He did it upon the cross. Now, all you got to do is believe. Someone say believe. believe. You got to believe that his grace is enough. It, it goes on to saying you can't, can't take credit for this. It is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. We can't walk around saying, hey, I deserve this. No, none of us deserve it. We deserve a Christless eternity. We deserve to pay for our sins. But because of Jesus, come on, because of his grace, which means the unmerited favor of God. You and I received the unmerited favor of God. We couldn't work enough for it. We couldn't try enough for it. We did not deserve it, but we got it anyway. Somebody thank God for his grace. Works can't get you saved. You can have perfect church attendance for a year, and it won't get you to heaven unless you believe by faith that Jesus is your Lord. You can give all your money to the church. It won't get you saved. It won't do it. It won't do it. You, you got to confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus is the only way. The Bible says he, there's no other name by which men can be saved but by the name of Jesus Christ. Can you tell the preacher's excited today? So how do I get more faith? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're telling me I need to hear God's word? Yep. So I need to come on Sundays? Yep. If you want to grow in your faith. So I just, that's all I got to do is come on Sunday? No, you got to hear the word on Monday. And you got to hear the word on Tuesday. And you got to hear the word. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about Sunday. It's not just about checking off that little box and saying I was at church. This becomes a relationship, not a religion. This isn't a religion. This is about a relationship, a daily relationship, and your faith only grows by God's word. That's why it's important you to have your personal time, your personal devotions with God so that you can grow in your faith. You ever wonder why some people, a storm comes and the same storm will hit someone else, but they react totally different ways? 
because their faith has grown up to a level that can handle it. Their faith has grown to a maturity that, hey, man, if God did it before, he's going to do it again. And the person who has shallow roots, when the storm comes, they're washed away. The Bible says you can either build your house on the bedrock or you can build your house on the sand. But when the storms come, when the rain comes, when you are shallow rooted, a shallow rooted Christian, when you do not have the right foundation, it will blow you and your family away. So it is important to be in God's house. It is important to serve in God's house. It is important to give to God's house. Those are all works that follow the believer, but they are not works that get you saved. I need to be very clear on that because some of you have been taught some wrong doctrine in your life. Mm -hmm. And you've been told you're gonna go to hell because of this, this, or that. And you need to know that it is faith in Jesus Christ because of his grace has enabled us to gain heaven. Come on, somebody. So my goal each week is to promote to you spiritual activity so that your faith will grow in God. It's my goal. Every week I'm here is to promote you spiritual activity. Promote you spiritual activity. Promote you spiritual activity so your faith in God can grow. Can grow. Because there's things in the world and there's things you can do and that you can have fun with and I'm all about that. But, but, but if your faith is gonna grow, if your faith is gonna grow, there has to be some spiritual activity going on in your life. If, if you're gonna make it through the storms, come on now, if your kids are gonna make it through those storms, you're, you're gonna have to have your foundation built the right way. I see so many families, they don't build their foundation on God's house and his word. God's not a priority. He's number two or three on the list. Oh, it got quiet up in this church. Kill a shout up in here. But when we build our life on the foundation of God and his word, when we live the God first life, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and then all these things will be at. When we're not chasing paper, come on now. When we're not chasing paper, we're not chasing the bigger house, we're not chasing the bigger car, when we're not chasing that, but we're chasing God, He gives us the desires of our heart. It just floods our life. It just comes in his timing, not our timing. Because that's not the God we're serving. But for many people, the God they serve is the things of this world. It's money, it's it's notoriety, it's fame, it's their kids. They put their kids on a pedestal more than they put God on a pedestal. I better get back to this, Brother Isaac. Well... Give me an organ up in here. So that's your foundation. Are you ready for the rest of the word? There are two stories in the Bible that I want to approach, and then I'm going to give you three points on faith. Two stories. Two different stories where Jesus was amazed by someone's faith, and then where he was amazed by someone's lack of faith. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. This is Jesus returning to his hometown of Nazareth his hometown of Nazareth. It says, and because of their what? Unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse six, and he was what? At their what? So Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith here. He was amazed at it. In his own hometown, they knew Jesus. Hey, that's JC. What's up, JC? Welcome home. But he was amazed at their lack of faith. 
And then in Luke chapter 7, verse 9, the, the story of the centurion soldier, he was about to die. He's on his deathbed. They sent word to Jesus, Jesus, can you come and heal this soldier? He's a great man. He's noble. He's known in the community. He's done great things. He's on his deathbed. He just needs a healing Jesus. Jesus stops what he's doing. He goes en route. He's walking to this man's bed. And the man tells his servants, hey, go tell Jesus. He don't even need to come. Just tell him to send up a prayer, and I'll, I believe that I'll be healed. He says, don't, don't, he don't have to travel that far. Just don't even worry. I believe that if he sends the prayer, that I will be healed. Verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Jesus was amazed at his great faith. Two different times Jesus was amazed. Hear me. First time he was amazed because of their lack of faith. The second, he was amazed at this man's great faith. Question, if Jesus saw your faith right now, because he, he, he sees it, would he be ama- how would he be amazed? How would he be amazed? Would he be amazed at your lack of faith or would he be amazed at your great faith? So the remainder of our time, I want to give you three faith-filled facts. I said it, faith-filled facts that you can jot down. Come on, note takers got a special place in heaven, so make sure you take notes or go home and listen to the podcast and take notes so you can stop and play and all that. Number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot play it safe and please God. Don't stop believing. You cannot play it safe and please God. Listen, if you can do your life in your own power and you never need the power of God, then you're living with lack of faith. Faith doesn't mean we don't struggle with doubt, fear, and unbelief. It means in the face of doubt, fear, and unbelief, we choose to cling to faith. Hmm? Peter walked on water before he failed, remember. I know we always preach about Peter as a failure and having fear and doubt, but Peter got out of the boat. The other yahoos were still in the boat. Peter don't get enough credit. Peter, oh, Peter, he sank. You you doubt and unbelief, and I get that. But man, let's give the guy some credit. He got out of the boat. He stepped onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. The other jokers are scared and they're still in the boat. Peter knew that you cannot play it safe and please God. So Peter stepped out of the boat. I would rather fail attempting something audacious for God than in fear do nothing. I would rather fail attempting something audacious for God, something bigger than me, something bigger than us. I would rather fail at it than in fear sit there and do nothing. So often the the fear of failure keeps us from taking the step of faith. So often. People often think that failing means missing God. I've found in my life that failing is the first step to discovering God. It's the first step to discovering God. I mean, Thomas Edison said this, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways it won't work. (laughs) Michael Jordan, and I quote, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 
and 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Arguably the greatest, the GOAT, Michael Jordan. For all y'all LeBron fans. LeBron. Going to L.A. Anyway, back to the scriptures. Hmm? Never let fear of the future stop you from taking a step of faith. Some of you are playing it too safe. Some of you haven't really stepped out of the boat yet in your life because you're scared to take that step of faith. One of the core values here at Fuel Church is this. We are faith-filled and big thinking. We are faith-filled and big thinking, and we will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. We're just not going to do it. He's the God who created the universe. He created you and I. He's a big, big God. And he wants us to dream big. He wants us to have a big vision. He wants that for your life. He wants that for this church. That's why we have a vision that's far beyond us. All of us together, the whatever thousand people that call this place home couldn't accomplish the vision that we have. That's why we're not playing it safe. That's why we're believing for 10 campuses. How many need, believe you need a fuel church campus within a 30, 40 mile radius of everywhere in Indiana? Has this place changed your life? Imagine what it could do all over our state. How many believe that we can give away millions of dollars to planting churches all over the United States and the world so there's more life-giving, key word, life-giving churches within our United States of America? Because there's, there's too many death-giving churches that are driving people away, that are telling people all the bad things about their life and sending them to hell. We need life-giving churches. And we're going to plant millions of them. Why do we need new buildings? Because we're growing. Because more broken people are coming. More broken people. You're inviting them. They're coming. They're giving their life to Christ. 77 people in the last four weeks have given their life to Christ in the summer. In the summer. The average church size in America is 75 people. And we've seen 77 saved in the last four weeks. Why? Why? Because our vision is for the broken to come, the lost to come. And our vision is for people to help the broken and the lost. Notice I didn't say our vision is for broke people. Broke in. Let me clarify that. It takes money to reach broken people. Come on now, that's why every day I pray for multi-millionaires, businessmen and women to come through these doors to be stirred up by God. There, people got so much money, they don't know what to do with it. They don't even know. They're, they're in here. They're in Kokomo. They're in the surrounding area. They don't even know what to do with it. But when they hear a vision that is bigger than themselves, when they see lives being changed like they're being changed here at this place every single week, they'll fund the vision to build us new buildings. We can't play it safe and please God. In the next few weeks, I pray to come to you with some news about some property. I can't share the details right now, but I pray that I can come to you and share something because we're believing for more. 
We're believing for more. We're believing. Our faith is out there. That man, we've grown in this out of this place. We need either property next door so we can build on or new property. God, we need something. And so we're praying. We're believing that God's going to open a door. Are you believing with us? Come on. So man, that, that sounds pretty wild and crazy. Well, God did not give us a small commission. He said it's a great commission. So we don't have no small vision. We got a great vision because there's a great commission. There's a lot of great people who are lost, who need to be found. A lot of broken people who are, who are hooked on their hangups and habits and hurts that just need to get a glimpse of a loving church and a loving God who believes in them. That's why we're here. Y'all are clapping too much. I got two more points. Come on. Number two, as long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Many times we're waiting on God to start something in our lives that can only be initiated by faith. Did you hear that? Many times we're waiting. God, I want you to move in this area of my life. I want you to move in my finances. I want you to move in my marriage. I want you to move with my kids. When God is saying, I'm waiting for you to take the first step. I'm waiting for you to start getting disciplined with your credit cards, and then I can bless you financially. I'm waiting for you to put a priority of God's house, God's house in your house, so you can show the example of your kids that are struggling right now. I'm waiting for you to take the first step, men, to lead your family spiritually, to, to have your kids seeing you open the Bible, read the word, do your, I'm waiting for you to take the first step. Oh, we want God to do everything, don't we? Can I tell you that God already did everything he's ever gonna do in your life at the cross? Now he's waiting on you to tap into the principles and promises that are found in his word for you to take the step, for you to initiate. Hmm? What, what, if, what if you weren't waiting on God, but God was waiting on you to take the step of faith? And he's saying, as you take that step, I'll meet you there. As you take that step, I'll meet you there. Take that step of faith. We all want to get to there. We all want to get to there, don't we? In our marriage, in our finances, in our, in our home, we, in our, spiritually, we all want to get to there, but sometimes we don't want to take the risk or the step to get to there. Hmm? God requires us to walk by faith, walk by faith and not by sight. Will you take a step today towards God? Because I guarantee you, you take a step towards God, he's gonna take a step towards you. Well, I, just, I just don't know how it's all gonna work out. You don't know the situation I'm in, the pain I'm in, the trouble I'm in. Listen, listen, I've learned this over many years of following Christ. My faith is not in how it will happen, but my faith is in the God who said it would happen. My faith is not in how it will, I don't know how. You say, how are, people ask me, how is you pastoring this church you know, with the growth and things that have happened? I don't know how. My faith is not in how it happened. My faith is in the God who said it would happen. How, how are we going to expand? How are we going to build multiple camps? I don't know, but my faith is in God. He's the one that said it. Obedience is my responsibility. Outcome is his. So I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. Step number three. Faith-filled fact number three, to step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your security. This is hard for a lot of us because 
We want to take a step of faith and we want control. How many control freaks do I have in the house? Some of y'all are lying right now. You're like, I'm controlling his question right now. (laughs) Yeah, I see you. I'm not even raising my hand. You can't have faith and control at the same time. Some of you got to release that family member to God. Some of you got to release that marriage to God. You've been trying so hard the arm of the flesh to control it, to make it happen. You release your kids to God. Give them to God. Give it to God. Take a step of faith. Believe that God will turn it around. Hmm? Am I talking to anybody today? Abraham, he had security. He had his house. He had his farms. He had his animals. He's doing real good. He's all set up. And then God spoke to him and said, I want you to leave. Everything that's familiar, all your securities, your security net, you should walk away from it. Go to a land that you've never been before because there, at that place, that's where I'm going to bless you. He said, what's there? Just go to there and I'll show you what's there. <laughs> just go to there. Just, just take one step. One word of obedience will lead to Another word of obedience will lead down a path of promise and blessings for your life. Just, just get to there. And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven eight, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Took a step of obedience. Took a step of faith. He took that leap of faith. You ever notice how God doesn't give us the details? He's not into details. God is all about obedience. If God gave us all the details, it wouldn't require faith and trust to believe him for the next move in our life. And he wants you to trust him. Faith is what pleases him. He wants your faith, your trust to be in him, not in you. Hmm? We are not required to have it all figured out in order to move forward. Just move forward. Just move forward by faith. In closing, I believe some of you here today are going to make a decision to take some faith steps. Some of you today are, 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 are stepping out. Some, some of you are going to say, man, I believe now that my story matters. And you're going to start sharing your faith and your story with someone, a coworker, and you're going to invite them out to church. Some of you are taking steps in your finances. You're saying, man, enough is enough. I'm in debt. I'm in credit card. I want to be debt free if I'm going to pursue this business that God put in my heart. And you're going to take a step. You're going to pay one credit card off at a time until it's done. Some of you are going to take a step in in reigniting that belief that your loved one will come to Christ. Some of you gave up on them. I invited them for a year, two years. They they don't want anything to do with church. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing for your marriage to be restored. It may look like it's in a million pieces. Bring the pieces to God and watch him restore it. It may look like your child, your teenage daughter or son is off in the world and never coming back. Don't stop believing that the prodigals will come home to God. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing that God wants to use your life. 
that you have a purpose, that you need to discover your purpose so you can make a difference in this church and in this community. Don't stop believing that there's more with God. Don't stop believing that there's a better job out there. Don't settle. Don't stop believing for that business, that vision that God gave you way back then that's been lying dormant. Don't stop believing. Let God resurrect that dream again. Let God resurrect that dream again. Don't stop believing that God can't deliver you from your problems, your addictions, your hurts, and your hangups. Don't stop believing for your loved one who's addicted. Don't stop believing for this city who's addicted. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing, church. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Care what it looks like, there is always more with God. And as you take a step towards God, he's taking five steps towards you. I just believe that today for somebody. Don't stop believing. I know you wanted to throw in the towel. Don't stop believing. You know who's telling you to throw in the towel? The enemy of your soul, the devil. He's telling you to throw in the towel. Give up. That marriage isn't worth it. Give up. Walk away from that family. It's not worth it. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing on your co-workers. Don't stop believing on your family members who are far from God. Don't stop believing that God can turn your financial situation around. Don't stop believing that you're coming out of poverty. Don't stop believing. Huh? Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Your problems may be bigger than you, but they're not bigger than God. Your mountain may be big, but it's not bigger than God. Your Goliath may be yelling at you, but it's not bigger than your God. Don't stop believing, church. Don't stop believing. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Your life's not over yet. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Faith as a mustard seed pleases the heart of God. Don't you dare stop believing because I've learned this over the years of following Christ that everything in the natural is subject to change when I don't stop believing what you see with the naked eye is not reality there's a different world a spiritual world out there and everything in the natural is subject to change you need to wake up every morning and say that because your mind's going to tell you you're not saved. Your, mind's, your body's going to tell you it's not working. Come on now. Your mind's going to tell you that, that, that God's not pleased with you. Your mind's going to tell you that mountain's always going to be staring at you. You need to say everything in the natural is subject to change when I don't stop believing. Come on, give God a praise today. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, 
God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.